Thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black entrepreneur experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Frances Richards. From college dropout turned doctor, Dr. Mario McCoy is an award-winning entrepreneur with 20 years of entrepreneurial and educational experience based out of Houston by the way of Milwaukee. Welcome, Dr. McCoy. Thank you, Connie, man. Look at that great introduction. Make me feel all important. You know what? I really want to jump in, but you and I have something in common that I have to have you address before we get started. You are by way of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, ma'am. I was born and raised there. Nice. That does not happen too often. No, ma'am. I it does not. Fifty second so, and Hampton. So you have to give us a little backstory about how you have migrated from Milwaukee to Texas. Oh, great question. Uh, I migrated from Milwaukee to Texas roughly eight years ago. Um, it was right after I received my master's degree from I'm very sure you're familiar University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. Um, and I received a job offer to work in higher education, um, outside of Houston, Texas. And at the time I was thinking, well, Hey, it's no state tax. I don't have to deal with negative 30 degree weather. I love home. Home is great. Go pack, go, but I am ready to experience a new life and look to see what life outside of Wisconsin had to offer. So I took the leap of faith uh, at the time. This is back when Skype was super big. (laughs) I had two interviews on Skype and the institution um, offered me the job. I was not expecting it. And I had two weeks to make a decision. And what was crazy, Doc, was uh, it was, I'll never forget, it was um, September of that year. And the day after Labor Day, um, it was like 40 something degrees and I'm looking on my phone and I'm like, man, in Texas, it's like 85 right now. Oh, I can start a new life and be warm. And that's what made my decision as far as, you know, the whole education aspect. I was done with school, uh, the, 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 the job offer. I was um, pretty much moving up as far as, uh, you know, in, in my respective field at the time before I became a full time entrepreneur. And it was just a good weather and wanted to experience something different. I knew that I would regret it more had I stayed in Wisconsin and not made the leap as opposed to moving to Texas. And God forbid it didn't work out and I had to go back. So that was what prompted it. Wow. I mean, we have so much synergy. It's unbelievable. Both born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I was in higher education. The same thing. I graduated from Marquette and my parents were like, what do you want for a graduation gift? And I said, a one-way ticket out of here. And I went west, busted to California. Well, got on a plane and, um, but in my mind, I'm dating myself because I would always hear busting it to Hollywood. Cool. Ended up in the Bay Area by way I'm in Las Vegas. So, yeah, we have a lot of similarities. Even you just brought a great point by going, by going west. I actually uh, received my doctorate from, uh, from USC. So I went to University of Southern California for my doctorate. So not quite the Bay Area, but, you know. Right in SoCal. Oh, my always, goodness. Right. So, you know, I, I went through that. It was a hybrid for online and in person, and it was a great experience. So, yes, lots of synergy. 
Yeah, a lot of things in common. So why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience what you want them to know about you and your business? Well, to all that's listening, we definitely appreciate the opportunity to get your your quote unquote eyes and ears at the time. Um, with Incomparable, I started Incomparable because I was a lifelong watch collector. Um, I was the type of individual where and I'm going to be dating myself. My mom used to always take me to McDonald's and they was like the, the early 90s where it was like the Michael Jordan watches that they sold with the Happy Meal that came with the Happy Meal. And I had my own like maybe 10 or $15 watch. And at the time where I'm from in inner city Milwaukee, uh, which you previously addressed, you were known for two things, your watch and your sneakers. So those are the two things of fashion that were pretty much one of the uh, just the main things that people looked at before they even spoke to you. So coming from where I'm from, I was a um, product of a single parent household. My mom was a social worker, so money did not stretch long. And that prompted me to look up just all of the different qualities of what made uh, a quality watch as opposed to, you know, obviously, you know, the, the sneakers and clothes and things like that. Um, but what made a quality watch, what made it last long, I would always go to different department stores like your 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 Coles and um Boston stores and things like that and just go straight to the jewelry and watch section and just look to see what were the different types of stainless steels, different types of leathers and fast forward um I took that passion to address the problem of at the time I started in Compro in 2019. Um I was knee deep in the middle of my doctoral program by the way. Uh I saw that there were less than I believe 20 black owned watch companies just in the in in the country period and I wanted to have a company that spoke to and for our culture I wanted to merge culture and confidence and that was just something that hadn't necessarily been um tapped into the correct way because no one from uh, my specific demographic that I knew, especially after making them to the, the move to Houston um unapologetically spoke to you know the black cultural experience and obviously with uh with the jewelry and watch industry being in an over 118 billion dollar industry with over 100,000 watch brands it's, it's very uh for the for the small sake of saying the word saturated right so we wanted to make sure that honing in on our core audience which is the modern minimalist and uh honing in on our um whole you know what we're about a cultural aesthetic of a uh, you know emerging culture and confidence we wanted to make sure that we very much so exploited those two things that made us different and made us stand out. So we inspire the masses to don't be regular, be incomparable. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, Dr. Mario, talk about the capital. How did you raise the capital to start the business? I started incomparable with no capital. <laughs> Being honest, Dr. Richards, I started incomparable uh, with a loan and a savings account and a whole business plan that I would write and obviously uh, make tweaks to and make changes to along the way. When I first started in Copper, I had a 24-month business plan and I wanted to merge um, the grassroots approach, which was um, getting myself and getting the company out just in the Houston, Texas area. Because for those of you who aren't familiar, Houston, Texas is the fourth largest um, city um, in the country, over 4 million people just with the outskirts and things like that included. So I knew that uh, networking uh, from a grassroots approach would, would definitely get incomparable um, seen. And I wanted to take advantage of the e-commerce market. So making sure that uh, 
people knew our story because people will buy into your story before they buy your product, right? So making sure that that was something that would help to generate capital and help to uh, generate awareness, uh, just not only in the Texas area, but around the globe. And I was very confident that people uh, would uh, gravitate to, like I said previously, how we're able to merge culture and confidence. So yeah, and Comparable started with a loan and a dream out of my back pocket. No capital, no investors, no nothing. There's a very unique way that you spell your company's name. Share with our audience and tell them how they can purchase your luxury watch. Yes, ma'am. And Comparable is spelled N-C-M-P-R-B-L. So it's phonetic. It's basically the word incomparable without the vowels. And you can find incomparable everywhere on your favorite social media platform at Be Incomparable. And you can join the in crowd at incomparable.com. That's N-C-M-P-R-B-L.com. And we have our own app currently with the App Store and Google Play. That is awesome. So fill in the Fill in the gap. Thank you, pandemic. Because Thank you, pandemic, because you allowed the world to sit down and see what's important to them. You allowed the world to, uh, not even the world. We can we can just 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 backpedal a bit. Um, you allow for uh, professionals to take the leap of faith and really realize what their passions meant to them and how they can use their passions to impact the world, whether it was staying in their specific line of work pre-pandemic or branching out and becoming an entrepreneur or branching out and starting that company or branching out and becoming more of a family person because thank you pandemic because you allowed us nothing but time to do soul searching to realize the aforementioned. So those are three key components. What is something that we as consumers should know about the luxury brand industry that we don't know? One thing uh, that is very important um, about luxury brands that uh, consumers may not know about um, is that luxury brands really aim to speak to different audiences than you may think. And I'll give an example, if I may, without getting too long-winded. Um, our quote-unquote top-tier brands, like your Gucci and Balenciaga, um, just speaking just straight from a, from a fashion design aesthetic, right? They don't necessarily, at the core, speak to um, the hiring consumer. They speak to the consumer that wants to look high end, that that will use that disposable or even non-disposable income to uh, appear high end, right? Because the, that those are the individuals who have um, a different sense of buyer urgency. Like if you if you think about you wanting to buy your dream car and you're a well-off individual, seven, eight, nine figures, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, you're not going to immediately walk into the dealership and say, I need that today, right? But as opposed to someone that's a, that might be a fashion enthusiast and just they might be saving up, you know, either for that car, for that Gucci bag, or, you know, for that Balenciaga outfit or something like that. They know that that sense of urgency, you know, is really, really important to them because it's a goal 
of theirs, right? So that's that is definitely something that as I uh, have grown and comparable to be an international company, we're on 50 states, 15 plus countries, et cetera, et cetera. When I realized that, I was like, that makes an invaluable amount of sense because people where I'm from, that's in my, you know, inner circle and growing up where I grew up, those particular labels, like those were goals, right? For right or wrong reasons, like those were goals. And we got, we finally got to see like why um, these said um, entities target that specific market because the buyer's market in that specific market, it just comes with more urgency. There are so many brands and businesses that are dominating. Talk about a brand or a business that's dominating that you admire and why. A brand that dominates that uh, I have always um, loved from a cultural aesthetic to how they're able to meet the needs of the people is Apple. Um, Obviously, being a trillion dollar um, industry, uh, I'm always a person that's in love with the brand story like within comparable like our uh main you know mission is to inspire the masses and don't be regular being comparable like that's deeper than buying a watch so like with 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 apple uh the the whole uh think different be different aspect of how they've grown since you know their inception in in the 1970s is just something that people can resonate with creatives can resonate with so if once you create uh a brand or a company, an entity, corporation, et cetera, et cetera, that at the core, your target audience can resonate with. If you can speak their language unapologetically and authentically, like you, you pretty much have those brand loyalists, you know, for life. And I can't say I own every single Apple product, but just being uh, an individual that just knows the importance of creating an authentic story and that meets people's needs and takes calculated risks with products to meet, you know, said need, you know, that is, that is something that has obviously become um, unrivaled in the, uh, the digital media, telecommunications, cell phone, electronic, whatever place that you want to place Apple. Um, that's just something that's just become unrivaled because they, they mastered, you know, the affirmation of what I just mentioned. And who is your ideal? And Comparable's ideal client, um, is the modern minimalist. I wanted to create a um, a minimalist design company that focuses on fashion design and matriculates down to watches and fashion accessories that at the core of Black millennials could be proud of and Black generations these can be proud of. Um, we're a Black-owned business. We're not a Black-only business. I'd love to make sure that I make that point and drive it home. <laughs> um, uh, but our our company is is built off of and unapologetically built off of uh, four pillars. It's called our faith pillars. Focus, authenticity, value, and experience. And the advantage that I have is that coming from the community where I come from, I'm able to unapologetically and authentically resonate um, with my buyer's market at my core because we're able to make quality, advanced-level product that speaks directly to the ego and the emotion, hence the don't be regular being comparable. We have specific watches that are um, pretty much designed after and inspired by, you know, cultural shifting moments in um, our culture, which is, you know, Advanced 224 is one of our watches that's 
inspired by Kobe Bryant and G.D. Bryant. It's purple and rose gold. I'm an unabashed Laker fan. But being able to have those things or people can have monumentals that might not necessarily be watch people, but they might be Laker fans or Kobe fans or G.G. fans, women's basketball fans, men's basketball, identify with the Mamba mentality. That watch speaks more to than just being a watch. You're, you're strategically speaking to different stories that resonate you know, with people. And then we might be able to bring in with more product that come out in the future. Talk about bringing the product to market. How did that work? Rounds of quality control. So we go through the design phase, the testing phase, uh, quality control phase, as well as um, we're very much so a company that uh, takes feedback from, we like to call them our in-crowd, um, our in-crowd global community. We like to make sure that um, we, we speak to them and we engage, whether it's social media, email, text, et cetera, et cetera, um, whatever platform that we can use um, to really make sure that their voices are heard. And that really provides us the advantage of that whole um, product design, visual marketing, all of that to, to, to product rollout and release. It gives us that type of advantage because people are they love to come along from the ride like i just mentioned earlier people buy into your story before they buy into your product so once we're able to you know strategically and successfully place those things you know into motion and implement them with each product it's a good advantage so what's on the horizon for incomparable up next uh we are um, aiming to this is, and this is an exclusive Dr. Richard this is an exclusive we're aiming to release eyewear we're aiming I, and I'm a person I wore glasses from age six every day from age six until probably I was 20 years old and I still wear them but I wear my contacts but being able to have again uh, that experience of uh, knowing just the, the different materials of what makes a long lasting quality yet visually pleasing um, product. It's just something that we're looking forward to and make an impact. We're able to advance the global look. So talk about the design. Is everything designed in the USA or are you doing stuff overseas? Everything is designed in-house. Uh, all of our uh, materials, they are outsourced um, in both China and Japan. Uh, our watches currently uh, all have Japan courts. We'll, we'll be looking to advance that to automatic as well. So that's two good nuggets that you got there. Um, so those are all areas that we are very hands-on with as far as um, having very, very, very sound relationships with our manufacturer and ensuring that uh, all of our product goes through multiple rounds of quality control testing before being released um, to our uh, and crowd community across the globe because that ultimately um, pretty much matriculates to the ultimate fashion success, the ultimate buying experience. And then that goes with our reviews. It makes people across the world trust us because they're like, okay, we see Incomparable's five-star on Google. They're five-star on their website. They're five-star everywhere. And they're not fake. So let's see what's going on here. They, they, got, they got our trust. So let's see what's going on here as far as that. And all of that comes from the design and from the materials. We want to make sure that we build a long-lasting product that lasts for years to come and make it coveted amongst, amongst all watch collectors and fashion design enthusiasts across the globe. And any of your materials that you're using 
um, is like recyclable or anything for the environment, protecting the environment? Yes. Uh, most of we are actually making our, uh, we're using less paper. So as far as our boxes are concerned, we're, we're aiming to, to use less paper regarding the boxes, our instruction manual, which is definitely going to help the globe. I am all for going green in every single aspect of the world. And we're going to, um, I guess you can say, dwell into more of the, the, the carbon um, aspect of having different carbon straps. It's going to make everything lightweight. Everything's going to be from um, recyclable paper from a specific collection we have coming out later on, either this year or 2023. So what do you need right now that you don't have to move the needle? As a growing um, minimalist design company, uh, we definitely uh, will need access to more capital. As a Black-owned company, uh, there are a lot of doors that we might not have access to uh, that other companies and other startups and other um, growing companies may have access to. So that is definitely um, critical for our continued growth because Encompass getting ready to turn three. And as you know, the companies that are between three and five years old, that's normally um, a, a stunted area of growth, or it's going to prove if you're going to have that ability to pretty much transcend errors. Because once you hit that year three, year five, it's not cute anymore. You know what I mean? As far as whenever you start your company, it's like, oh, I'm going to support, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's like, oh, okay, you got some staying power. Okay, you got some got some relationships that you're able to build. So we're at the definitely capital aspect, uh, online media presence, um, definitely podcast presence, as well as um, increasing our visual store um, placements. Um, right now, Encompo does have a couple relationships with uh, um, Fortune 500 um, companies, uh, such as Walmart and other areas, uh, but we are looking to expand that as well. And just take that role to, like I said, continue to inspire the masses and don't be regular being comparable. Now, when you're looking for access to more capital, are you looking for um, venture capitalists or are you looking for, um, tell me more about what you want and need? More so the venture capitalist um, aspect. Uh, I myself, as well as a couple of uh, members from our team, uh, we've definitely taken the steps that's been needed to uh, gain more insight in the, the venture capitalists and the investors and the, the multiple seed round investing field, because that was something that we were very green to uh, when we started Incomparable. It was just more so alone and just personal savings. So being able to build those relationships and position our company uh, to address, like I said, a, a, a global need of increasing cultural diversity in the um, fashion design and jewelry and watch sector, uh, that's something that we can um, align ourselves with an investor or investors as an asset to their company. Because as we know, uh, with, with investors, they, they want to be able to know, one, that you are solving a specific need, you're hitting a pain point, and you're confident in hitting that pain point that you are profitable. So those are just the main, you know, two P's that we discuss internally in Moss and, Moss and Carpool, the pain point and profit. And once we're able to, to build that up with um, investors, we're going to be able to serve the world for years to come. Yes. And um, let me know if you want an introduction and I will do. Outstanding. And reference some VCs. Outstanding. That'd be great. Definitely will. Thank you kindly.
You're welcome. Let's talk about legacy. When it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered? Cool. When it's all said and done, I would love to be remembered as a person who inspired over impressed. Um, we're, we're in a, a space of the world where uh, social media and um, just living in general, you're able to just see the finished product, right? Um, I'm a firm um, advocate for the term sacrifice before success. Um, you notice in a lot of little, of alliteration there, but um, in, in inspiring over impressing because like like we talked about in the introduction, I'm a college dropout turned doctor. Um, I was a non traditional student, um, from one of the most segregated cities in in the country uh, that's been top ten probably the, the last five to seven years running, um, and being able to uh, make it out the environment to get back uh, to the environment as well as here in Houston, Texas. Um, we're able to use those two coins, inspire over impress, like even with our creative reform scholarship program that we have on the compro.com, uh, that goes to underserved communities and inner city kids in the Houston, Texas and Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. And those are just areas that I'm able to say, uh, I didn't forget, you know, who I, who I was, or I, I'm never going to forget who I am. I can walk in every single room, you know, as myself, because one, I've achieved these accolades, and two, I know who I am at my core. So being able to know those two things as we grow um, from both a, a business and entrepreneurial and education, you know, aspect is, is are two things that we can just use to carry the culture forward to inspire over impress. What is the best advice you were ever given? The best advice that I was ever given my sister told me when I was younger, because I'm a cancer, <laughs> my sister told me when I was younger that not everybody in the world isn't going to like you. And as I grew older, one, I wanted to prove her wrong, and two, I realized it was impossible to prove her wrong. Um, and the, the third component with that is that's, that is critical when um, being an entrepreneur and working in the education space, uh, because people love to to judge just based off how you look. Uh, people love to judge just based off of what they heard about you. And people love to judge just based off of your level of success or whatever they deem is successful. Um, and just, just knowing that particular piece is one, to not take it personal. Um, and two, by not taking it personal, it'll definitely uh, give you a harder armor as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, uh, as a business owner, to to know that um, you're you're here to to handle business and to inspire the next generation that comes after you, unless you haven't done your job. You're not here for people to 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 like and adore you. That's great, you know. If they do, I would love for someone to like and adore and and resonate and take heed to my story, as as opposed to just you know we're we're uh, shaking hands and kissing babies to 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 look a specific way where we're we're really not groomed to be. Right. So when she told me that I was in high school and I just I didn't really just believe at the time. It's like I was knew I was a cool individual. I was able to just hold conversations with anybody. Like if you met me, you weren't a stranger, you know, those type of things. Like, you know, you the, the, the golden rule, treat people how you want to be treated. Uh but but just you know, as you know, as a as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, like the world in that space definitely is cutthroat. And not necessarily saying to change your morals and values, but just be aware of of those things, adjust accordingly, 
and adapt, you know, your your business acumen and business growth um, to reflect and know those things and really feed your core audience because those are going to be the ones that are going to love you no matter what. So I want you to have a monologue, Dr. Mario. I want you to name this person. They have inspired you so much. Mm -hmm. What are you saying to this person, living or not? Mm. Well, do you want me to give you the name of the person, or I'm I'm just having this this conversation? Absolutely, you definitely must name this person. Uh, A person that I am definitely enamored with is uh one is the late great Kobe Bryant um and what I would tell him uh one would be thank you uh he was an individual um aside from the 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 basketball uh acumen and the the achievements you know five time NBA champion etc etc um he was able to successfully make the transition from being known as a all-time great basketball player to a a Oscar-winning storyteller, to an award-winning book writer, to a a, a, a astute businessman. Um, He was able to have such, you know, speeches and, and, and features and interviews and not even necessarily take pride in not writing responses or anything down, but just more so winging it from an authentic perspective. And that made people really respect him as a, a deeply uh, vocabulary rooted uh, businessman and who made sound investments, you know, as, as a, as a person, again, you know, I'm going to drive home the point coming from where I come from. Um, we were never uh, told that it was cool to invest in things. We were never told that uh, we should, um, have more than one particular interest. Like when we were coming up, it was more so I want to go to college, get a job, stay in this field for 35, 40 years and retire, have a a little bit of pension, if that, and pretty much, you know, that's life. And individuals such as himself, you know, came to the to the NBA out of high school, defied a lot of odds, wasn't necessarily the most athletic. Um, he, he put the work in, he put the work in and he was able to uh, inspire the globe just off of sheer focus. Because if you're if you're able to fail in front of the world and you're able to pick yourself up, it's not about the, the successes. It's about how you pick yourself up after the losses. Now you're able to pick yourself up after, after being culturally demeaned, after being humiliated by the media, having different stories and things like that that'll come up about you after you're successful. Because um, people take pride in that, especially now. I would just tell them, you know, thank thank you for advancing. Thank you for inspiring millions of individuals beyond the sport of, of basketball, but just as a black man, as a businessman, as an astute investor, as a person that was not afraid to uh, take calculated risks. And we were able to to watch and, and take seeds from that and, and plant our own seeds into the ground and, and grow within our own respective, you know, business acumen and, and grow from there. So, Tom, thank you for advancing. Talk to, talk to a younger you. What advice would you give to a young 
I was just thinking about this about two days ago, Doc. Like, and advice, advice that I would give to uh, a younger me. Uh, slow down. Be positive. Um, enjoy growing up. Uh, me and my sister, I mentioned earlier, uh, on my mom's side, we have about a 12-year age gap. And I was when I was growing up, I wanted to be grown so bad, Doctor Riches. I, I couldn't wait to drive. I couldn't. I, I couldn't wait to to do anything at eighteen and twenty one year old. And but looking back at the at the younger me, I would say enjoy being a child. Enjoy being a child. Soak up all of the game that you know your your elders aim to give you. Definitely listen and respect your elders listen and respect your peers and a a key thing that i would tell um the younger me uh would be to remain confident Uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes um, because we have this space where we don't do anything until it's deep perfect um when now it's becoming a bit more popular to you know like i said you fall in love with the story you know not not necessarily the, the the outcome um and just be be a person that stays rooted in in your faith and be patient. So those would be the main things that I would tell um, the younger me. And my bad if I over answered the question, but like I literally was just thinking about that, like not even thinking about the interview. But that's what would I tell like a a younger me that was you know in adolescence and growing up. So all good. So your sister is older. Yes, yes, my sister is uh, almost twelve years older than me. So she and she and she crushed you when you were in high school, huh? Yes, it was a big crush, Doc. It was a big crush, but it was needed. It was needed. Um, it was it was a space where I'll I'll never forget it. It was very very abrupt. It wasn't to be brutal, but it was no other way to tell me because we're 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 even more so um in a in a capitalist world where people will take advantage of you with with no regard with no type of you know remorse or anything that can that can fit action verb adjective there um but just back then she was aiming to prepare me for it you know growing up where i grew up she moved out obviously i was six or seven years old so i had to experience the streets and growing up and being a single parent household all that stuff was by myself so having having that conversation and just reflecting and just thinking the world was one way and it really wasn't especially growing up as a as a black man I always always was a creative like I grew up in hip-hop I was a a, a rapper hip-hop artist I was good in good in school and all those things I was very much so immersed in the space of entrepreneurship and education from a young age but I was always nice to people and people would always take advantage and you know that you have to make sure that you're able to keep your antennas up in a space and it crushed me but it's definitely something that i still you know hold on to 20 some odd years later is she aware of that how much she impacted you she's aware but i don't think she knows i would i would think now because uh she she's still uh home in milwaukee wisconsin um so obviously i don't really get to see her much but in conversation i definitely let her know um with with every single uh accolade that incomparable gets and uh, a similar question is asked uh she definitely knows but at first she didn't 
at, at first it was just more so I'm trying to make sure that I that I guide you into the right way um, of knowing how the world is going to be difficult for you as a black man growing up um, because you know these these everything is going to be earned not given and that's just something that she just drilled home to me and but I think I think she's starting to get it now that she's seeing the the success that you know um, quote unquote I myself and incomparable is having even though we're just getting started. We'll have to send her, you'll have to send her a link to this interview. I definitely will. So she'll know how much she's loved and appreciated. I definitely will. Let's talk about risk. We know being an entrepreneur, there's so many risks. Talk about your worst moment in business and what was your takeaway? My worst moment in business and what was my takeaway? I would say my my worst moment in uh, business was prior to, um, I won't even say prior to starting Conroe. I'll, I'll give you a good incomparable story. Finances. <laughs> Finances. Having having to make the the different adjustments of balancing um, business growth with personal growth with bills with I'm I'm a father my son's almost five so when you ask the younger me question that that went to that so being able to um successfully know when to grow and when to cut things off I would say like and, and it's 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 more so the the mental stress of all that that comes with finances that comes with business because you want to take a calculated risk right like you want to you want to make sure that you that you want that you push yourself out there, but two, you want to make sure that you have food on the table and you're able to impact the globe at the same time. Um, you want to make sure uh, that you're not aiming to keep up with the Joneses that you're moving at your own pace, but you're making sure that you're not staying stagnant with that own pace. And how the overthinking um, aspect can definitely play a role in your own um, mental aspect of your business growth and your own mental aspect of your personal growth. So did I answer every single tenant of that question? I want to make sure that I hit everything, give you some good, good content. You did. And talk right. about mental health and man. Mental health and managing the business, being honest with you, it can be tough. Um, I've gone through every single emotion with starting incomparable. I've gone through every single emotion and with, with said emotion, it was, it was the main thing of just, just not quitting and the, the, the mental health of, of having the, the $0 days and, and, and making the investments that on paper or, you know, long-term may seem good, may seem pleasing to the eye, um, may seem like it's, it's presented right from, you know, the, the partnership, you know, perspective, if someone's trying to get you to, to spend money with them, like, that's great. Uh, but then it doesn't pan out how you want for it to. How does that look for you? And how are you able to bounce back from that particular, quote unquote, failure? Because no business comes without it. And if it's something that um, I take home with me from a mental health perspective, is that every single entrepreneur um, business owner, successful business owner or not, uh, they've taken more losses than they've had wins. Just that one win or that the, the, the amount of wins that they might have had, the, the impact of it just supersedes all of the losses that they've had to endure 
that is that keyword is going to be endure because the you'll you'll look at that nine to five and say man I, it's benefits and it's a steady paycheck and but you might not be happy with doing that because the main thing with your mental health and entrepreneurship is freedom it's mental freedom it's financial freedom it's it's being able to 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 get up and take your kids to school and then 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 do dope things like a podcast or do dope things that's going to make sure that your business is going to to flourish and one last point with that is uh making sure that um you know how to be patient and that's something that I battle with every day uh because we we're we're in a not necessarily a, a microwave um I guess you can say era but uh we're more so in a space where I want this right now if I put this if I put this out this is supposed to sell out within minutes if I have this particular partnership this is supposed to be you know lucrative for the company and I'm I I know that I made the right move but if it comes to you quick it'll leave you faster it is something that I've always embedded into my head even when having the unsuccessful uh days of being a, a business owner and a CEO um but just those areas are just really really important um for mental health and really taking time out for yourself you have to take time out for yourself you have to take time out for yourself to ensure that um one that you're on the right path and two that you have the energy and three the people that are you know around you that are that are uh the most you know supportive you know my 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 partner we've gone through it but we've we've she's there there right she gives her her whole creative input uh regarding you know just certain things with with incomparable she's the the the, the personal assistant when needed you know like those those are are people that you have to to work to to pour into whether it's you know significant others your family your friends um especially if you have a, a team of colleagues your advisory board make sure that you are very diligent um, and letting them know that you care about them because they sacrifice too. They sacrifice time with you. These relationships get strained, um, whether it's, you know, personal, professional or whatnot. And those are just areas of mental health. It can all take a toll because you can't kick it every weekend. You can't spend all of your money at the club. You can't buy bottles. You can't buy clothes. You can't do all. If you really, really, really zoned in and laser like focus on chasing history with your company those are things that you really have to sacrifice you might miss a birthday party or two you can't travel like you want to because of certain investments that you have to make to make sure that your business is sustainable and entrepreneurship is by no means predictable it is very very volatile so those are just things within mental health and just noticing those things making sure you keep them at the forefront and it's really just doing your best every day don't take on too much i talked about the overthinking component earlier um, that's something I definitely do battle with, uh, but just making sure that, you know, you, you, you cherish each moment and you celebrate every win that you have, because those are, those are things that are going to keep you moving forward as, as you grow as an entrepreneur, as you grow as a business owner. So I know that was kind of long winded, but I wanted to make sure I gave you some, some good meat and potatoes. And we just want to um, shout out to our listeners. We want to thank them very much. And if anyone has a question for Dr. Mario, um, the CEO and founder of Incomparable, let us know. Talk about fatherhood and managing. Oh, it's so challenging, Dr. Richards. <laughs> when I started, when I started Incomparable, uh, my son was not even two years old. So the 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 little things that you 
really want to be there every day for it, it can be challenging. Um, and especially as a father and my son who's everything to me, um, even when he tap dances on my last nerve and eats Oreo cookies when he shouldn't be, um, you can, you can tell, um, that he wants to do everything dad does, right? Like he, he wants to help out with shipments. He wants to make sure that, um, he's able to wear a watch all around the house all around the house and if 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 we take one from him he's mad <laughs> if he if he does any anything if he drops a watch or something happens to it oh he he's in tears just like pop is so being able to invite your kid uh along uh for the ride is really something that can either be detrimental for you if you're not prepared for it or can be one of the, the, it can be the greatest accomplishment as a CEO, because if you don't impact the world, you're going to definitely impact the next generation because your kids are watching everything that you're doing. Um, and, and, and they're your biggest support system. You know, they're, they, they, cause they're in the space of innocence. You know, he's four, he's in a space of innocence. So everything he he's happy about every, every single thing that he, that he, I love this pop. Like that'll give me some motivation. I know I sound like Mickey Mouse right there, but that that's how his voice is. Um, but that'll give me the motivation to, you know, ensure that, that I grow as an individual. It's like an inexplicable amount of fire that incomparable has to work because I have, someone at home that is looking up to me and that is wearing that watch every single day <laughs> of his life to ensure that, you know, again, we inspire the masses. Don't be regular, be incomparable. I love that. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. If you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and Mm, if I conducted this interview, what was one question I would ask myself? Hmm. How do you define success? And I would answer, how do I define success? Uh, I define success as failure. Um, and what I mean by failures, like you learn more from your failures than you do when you're when you're successful. No matter what the field is, it can it can be anywhere from e-commerce, retail, body butter, content curation, whatever the case may be. Um, you you learn more from it because your failure forces you uh, to to have a laser like focus. It forces you to be patient. It forces you to have those. Um, uh, particular, I guess you can say, attributes about yourself that when you're successful, when you're constantly winning, it's great. It's outstanding. It's nothing against it. You know, I, I definitely, you know, it, it's it's not a negative, you know, connotation at all, but they're not going to look at or poke holes in anything um, that might be a small, minute negative or that could have, or could have been done better because you're just going to look at solely that big win. You're going to look at the the seven to eight figure win. You're going to you're going to look at um, the the requirements that your business is going to. You're going to look at going public. You're going to look at 
um, the relationships that you build. You're going to look at how you're impacting people. You're going to look at, you know, all of the, the placements that you might have received, et cetera, et cetera. Just speaking from a, from an e-commerce and fashion design perspective. Um, but the, the failures where you have to really sit down and really look at yourself in the mirror and look at your company in the mirror, like if it's some things that you might have to shave off. If it's if it's some some finances and things that you that you simply might not be able to afford just yet, if it's a relationship with a with a person that you've done business with before that you might have to cut off, um, if it's a person um, that has attempted to do your company wrong in a in a in a malicious way, um, and you're not making the type of funding um, that you would want to make or that you feel like that you should make. Uh, because of said person, you know, how you have that conversation. If you're making $50 million, if you projected to, to have that in revenue, you're going to look at said person, depending on how much of a negative impact it might have on your company, be like, mm, I can just have a conversation with you and tweak your skill set and do that. But if it's something that can be detrimental, you know, for your company lasting into the next year, you know, you're going to have that uncomfortable conversation. You're going to be uh, a bit more, like I said, laser focused on what it is that they're doing that can have areas of improvement and look to see if they can continue to have an impact that can be positive on your company or for something that, you know, you might need to cut that tie with. Um, so just those are those are just areas of, and that's something that's constantly evolving, right? Even to give a um, just a broader example, we talked about Apple earlier. We forgive Apple every year. I mean, for a couple of years straight, they had iPhones that blew up. <laughs> people went on Twitter, all of that. They had the whole thing as far as the not only the iPhones were blowing up because of the battery, it was more so um the the whole um the 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 battery aspect that they had as far as the charging. So as far as the peak performance and whatnot over to over time, um that had an impact. and, and people definitely were disgruntled about it. Some people left, some people were like, I'm so brand loyal to Apple or I have these other products that are uh, of Apple, I can't afford to leave. And then they internally fixed the problem. And, you know, as time went on, as years went on, you know, the 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 general public, for the most part, are overarching component, they, they tend to forget them. And that's just something that um, is really, really important because they eyed a failure. Yes, they saw it was a widespreading failure because if we're so successful, people couldn't wait to point out something that just was like, yep, that's going to uh, be detrimental to your company growth. So here's why you should have this phone. Here's why you should go with this company. because Apple does this. And they internally fixed it as opposed to just saying, oh, we're a multi-billion dollar company. That's just something that we'll just work. It's, it's not a priority for us. They looked at it. They fixed it. They made sure that they met the need of the of the customer. And now they're a trillion dollar company. So that's just something that even as a as a um, a growing, you know, entrepreneur is just something I really do keep in mind when it comes to, you know, failure and how to incorporate it, how to make it better for me and make it successful. And speaking of success, what was that aha moment when you knew you were going to be? Oh, man. When I inspire, when I inspire um, younger people, uh, just specifically talking about incomparable, because um, this could be answered a few different ways. There was a I was doing a pop up market in um in a greater Houston area at the time, and there was a young lady who had traveled from Miami, Florida, and she couldn't have been no older than maybe nine years old, Doc. And she um she pointed me out in a sea of probably 50 other black owned businesses. 
and would not let her mom leave until her mom got her a watch. Not the mom, the little girl. Girl, she was so she was so just enamored just with the setup, what Encopper was about, and you know how and just thought the things were cute. You know, when when you're nine, you're innocent, right? But you you you're beginning to have a, a, a space in your mind as to as to what your your fashion as to what your style is gonna look like, what your favorite colors are. And to this day she still wears it. So that so that told me um that 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 we were going to be successful, one, because that was definitely not our target demographic. And two, we're we're able to to build um, a name and have the brand recognition and the brand awareness um, that people across the globe can you know become attached to. Like once I told her, "Don't be regular, be incomparable," she just loved it, and that was just you know that's obviously our 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 brand tagline, but that's just something that resonates to people beyond the product. So that was when I knew we were going to be successful. That is an awesome story. Thanks for sharing. Of course. We've come to the part of our interview. It's called Rapid Round of Fun. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I want you to give me very quick answers. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are you ready for the Rapid Round of Fun? Sure. Your favorite color? Black. Your favorite holiday? Christmas. Your ideal car? Tesla. Go green. Your, say it again. <laughs> Said Tesla. Go green. Your first job? I delivered papers. The last movie you saw? Oh, man. That is a good pass. I can't remember. You relax doing what? Sleeping. Your favorite singer or rapper? Jay-Z. Your favorite dance song? EDM mashup with rap. It's not a specific song. That's my favorite genre. What food you eat every week no matter what? Pizza. Your favorite month? July. Work out or hit the couch? Work out. Dr. Mario McCoy, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast. Before we let you go, why don't you share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you and feel free to leave all your social media handles. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, Compro. We definitely appreciate your platform and what you're doing for the culture. Um, Everyone that's listening, you can find Incomparable at Incomparable.com. That's N-C-M-P-R-B-L.com. It's the ultimate fashion accessory designed to be a familiar look for the modern minimalist. You can download our app, the Incomparable app, free of charge, um, on the App Store and Google Play. Um, you can d- follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Be Incomparable, as well as YouTube at Be Incomparable. So that's B-E-N-C-M-P-R-B-L. And we look forward to you joining the in crowd. We appreciate you again, Dr. Richards. That's a wrap. We appreciate you, Dr. Mario.